it was alright. My the Wi-Fi card on my laptop died over the weekend. And I oh. got a new one today. And it still doesn't work. So I don't know what's going on. Well that blows. Yeah. It's... What is the Wi-Fi in your laptop? Yeah. It's just the card oh. that lets you connect with Wi-Fi basically. It just stopped working and now my laptop says there's no hardware installed, even though there is. And I've done oh. lots of resets and gone through multiple troubleshooting things and I was given one new idea today of something to look at and I'll end up looking at it after we do the recording because I just hadn't, right. hadn't had time yet but uh, we'll see hopefully it fixes it. I mean laptop's like seven years old so it's like at that it's point ancient. where it's like gonna die eventually. Right. I, mean, getting there. I still have that uh, MacBook i7 has, it, has your name on it still. I haven't done anything with it to try and get rid of it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Does it still work? I can't even remember. Yeah, it still works. Yeah. I, I have it. Uh, it's it split. Um, uh, what is it called when you like have it half PC, half Mac? Yeah. Like, have a boot, boot camp or something. Yeah. I have that on it right now. But uh, you can easily just take it off. I could, I could just reformat it or something. Um, but yeah, it still works, still functional. One of the keys is a little fucked up, but it was like that when I got it. For how much? I don't know. I I uh, I don't I don't really know what free? a fair price is. <laughs> not, uh, well, I don't know, <laughs> not for free, <laughs> but uh, you know, for should, a dollar. Yeah, we should work something out with it <laughs> for a dollar. Yeah, yeah, a whole dollar. Okay, I think would be. I think that'd be fair. Deal. Deal. Done. It's a podcast. We recorded deal. it. <laughs> we recorded it. It's official. All official. It's officially a deal. Except yeah. for you, you just haven't been recording this whole time. I'm sure. So. So yeah, it's just you making a deal with with uh, myself a vo- with a void of some kind. <laughs> I've been talking to myself <laughs> this whole time. Could you imagine if someone made a podcast where they just recorded one end of it and released that as one podcast, and then made another podcast, and it was the other end? So it was kind of like. Um, I don't know. What would that would that be cool? That'd be That'd a be fun art piece. It'd be a weird uh, piece, you know. I feel like it'd be very monologue-y. They should you know do a I mean? film where it's all one half of a shot, reverse shot, and then yeah. a second film which is the other half. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be funny. Yeah, and it totally recontextualizes the entire. Right. <laughs> it changes your entire perspective of the, uh, of of the of the first movie. It'll be like uh, Garfield without Garfield. Have you heard of that? Oh yeah, yeah, that's funny. So there you go. Yeah, that that comic with the yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I dig, I dig that shit. It's super funny. All right, this is the back to back happy hour. Our opportunity to talk about anything film that doesn't fit into our main episodes. Byron is not with us, uh, but Jacob is here with me, and uh, we will be Woo! your guides through this whatever we call want to call it journey i guess journey <laughs> yeah we don't we don't need byron i mean byron's just an overrated mess so uh... a little bit a little bit <laughs> he, he chimes in here and there but that's that's his right that's what he does <laughs> that's his thing byron if you're listening to this i am glad that you are because i'm i'm glad we can bring to light your your many problems this is in fact going to be the figure out uh who byron is as a person episode which of course you can't have byron with that right idea yeah it has to be other people you know yeah analyzing him uh a a ton in depth you know we're gonna really go into the mind that is byron exactly jerome guyet i don't know what his middle name is jerome His middle name is uh, Joffrey, I believe. Actually, are you are you holding pliers? You just held some pliers. Up. I'm just like playing with stuff in my hand. So I've been fixing my oh, computer, and I have these pliers. Like my desk is just covered with crap because I've been trying to deal with this computer issue. Right, and I just want fidgety person so here i am You're, with yeah pliers. <laughs> it's just of all things that, that i uh could imagine coming up from the bottom of the screen plier pliers is pretty low on that list i think yeah there's more fun things i think i could have surprised you with yeah yeah there could have <laughs> been <laughs> yes if this were an x-rated podcast um 
for sure. That's <laughs> the next next podcast is all X rated films. So it is. It'll yeah, fit. only yeah, not even NC seventeen. We're, <laughs> we're going X-rated. back. Yeah, we're going back to the to the good stuff. You know, triple in X. the good old days. <laughs> yeah, tri- triple. We'll X. call it the Triple X podcast, and it'll actually just be us talking about the movie Triple X with Vin yeah, Diesel. Yeah. No, no, no. The Ice Cube one. Or the Ice Cube version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and the State of the Union. Oh, yeah. So it's of a it's it will we're calling it State of the Union, and it's both a political podcast about the State of the Union and about the movie Triple X and Ice Cube. <laughs> it's a political podcast through the lens of the Triple X um, movies. Yes, and it's yeah, a the sequel to yeah. metaphorical context discussion of our current political situation. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Man, See, we sound so. We smart. have great ideas. <laughs> yeah that just sounds like amazingly smart even though it's a terrible idea <laughs> see how see how great our ideas are inherently better when byron isn't here <laughs> with no byron <laughs> uh, oh byron we miss you wish you'd come back yeah he's gambling his life away currently so. i know sad guy sad boy this guy all right yeah so you did a 48 hour film contest festival mm-hmm. competition mm-hmm. whatever something i've been itching to do but i just haven't had the time recently to do it um so what, what was it for uh so it's it was for the 48 hour horror film festival thing oh, um, man, i wish i could have done that i know i wish i mean i texted you it's like hey man do you want to do some stuff i i, I did like on the day i was like oh i should try and get keith in here um but <clears throat> I was doing it with Robert Bahorquez, you know, the guy, you know, mm-hmm. Robert, uh, who we went to school with. And um, and it was good. It was fun. Uh, the uh, I did the editing for it, so that was kind of nice. Normally, I do the directing, so it was nice um, just kind of being a little more relaxed and not having to do each stage of the 48. So I, I ended up going in. So, so it started on Friday at 7. And I ended up uh, meeting up with them around two o'clock on Saturday, mm. and just grabbed footage and uh, edited for I'll, not even. I got sleep like I didn't even. <laughs> you were like, even it was stressing. Like the most cash, yeah. It wasn't even stressing. And Robert went to a. He got two full eight hours, and he went to a wedding. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> on that Saturday, was he the director? So, Who was the director? Yeah, he was the director. So, well, while I was editing and just like prepping the edit, he was at a wedding, and I was sending him remote edits for him to look at on his phone at the wedding. Wow! <laughs> so it was actually it turned out really nice, and I, I like uh, the movie that we made. I think I think it's I think it's one of the better things I've made actually for for forty eight. Um, nice. I I got to we had time for color. We had time for to add grain and jitteriness so it looks more like a film you know how like when yeah. the film strip goes yeah through the projector yeah it's like yeah. so we added that little effect on there um so and normally you know that 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 could take upwards of an hour just to export that right like, by itself but uh we were able to have we were able to have time for it so it just we just got really lucky with uh with everything, and I think a, a big part of that was um, Robert was telling me he said that he wasn't as precious with his um, at, with the with the takes, you know, like they did one or two takes, two or there's two or three takes. There was there was a couple times where it was like seven takes, um, but they were trying to get like a really technical effect, yeah, you know. So it was like, well, we can't use that one; it's trash. So it's like with those ones, you just got to look for the last take right. as far as the editing goes. Right. But as far as the performance. Uh, they just got like two or three varieties of of it and uh, called it a day, and it made it so much easier for me. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because you don't have to go searching through as much stuff. You just put it in. Yeah, there just it drop is. it in, and uh, yeah, it was really nice. And there, and Connor did the audio, so oh, I nice. didn't have to worry about doing really any of that. We just kind of collaborated on that. So, um, who else? Was yeah, on the it was team? definitely really cash. Um, Usual let's suspects. See. Dylan, Dylan, yeah, Dylan Mander did the shooting. Nate did the shooting. Um, there was some people from Robert's work. He works over at. Uh, 
he works somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where, but some of his uh, coworkers came and helped out. It was it was good. It was good. Um, Do you guys and, are you guys allowed much outside help? For what? For the festival? For the competition? What do you mean? Were they part of the team, or were they actually like just there to help? They're on the team. Oh, okay. You can have as many people on the team as you want. Oh, There's no, okay. Uh, yeah, I think there was, like, some, like, Danish film that had, like, a 600 roster. Like, 600 people. What? How's that work? <laughs> I, well, they had a ton of extras. They had a ton. They had a whole, like, visual effects team. Like, they had, like, all, like, this huge cast. And, like, oh. it was just, like, a crazy... Like, it's just the extras, I think. It's so weird to me how people will go all out for a fucking 48 yeah and i think a, a big part of that is like hey let's make it to like up to like the final film palooza thing or whatever they, they they put on you know the worldwide competition because mm-hmm. they announce a winner each year or whatever um they don't i don't think they have that for the horror 48 i think the horror 48 is just something that a select cities do and seattle's one of them because there's such a demand for it because a lot of people like horror up here seriously yeah yeah i mean horror, horror is one of the most popular genres just in general though really. yeah yeah it is and it's it's one of those genres that has always been like throughout like history you know what i mean yeah, like exactly. with books and with movies and that movies it has like a new like found medium that's really interesting and it really works with movies uh kind of in in uh it's kind of a perfect movie genre you know what i mean like it's it's kind of like of all the movie genres that are out there it's like the one that is really like really captures the essence of horror you know it's like the best um what am i trying to say here it's like the it's like the the best uh, format for yeah horror. I think so. You know? I think there's a lot of people who might disagree with that, but I think, like, the fact that you can do so many types of horror. Like, with a book, yeah, you can do lots of types of horror, but you're always stuck with the imaginative side of it. Whereas, like, a movie, right. you can hide stuff so that you're imagining, but you can always show it, too. You always have that option. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Yeah, and, like, choosing what you see and what you don't see really... I think it just paints, yeah. It it, it it paints a picture in your imagination more than a book would. Yeah. You know, I don't know. There's something more horrific about seeing it in real life totally. in a movie because it feels more real in a movie uh, than it does in a book. That's why a lot of horror doesn't translate to the stage well because, like, well, that's horror can, but there's like certain types of horror that can't. Whereas, like, every type of horror can translate to the screen. You know, like you can't have really graphic horror in a play necessarily because it becomes too real for people. So like, right. there's like that cognitive separation in a movie. So you can have like disemboweling and and crazy stuff like that. Right, right. And people will like watch it. Whereas like on a play, if you did a disemboweling scene on like a play, it could you know really freak some people out. Um, gotcha. So gotcha. I mean, it just so it just plays into that whole like it's it makes for a better format because you can do every type of horror in a movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but our film is showing on the twenty third, I think, which is on a Tuesday. That's pretty far away. Or, or I'm sorry, on a uh, it's on a Wednesday, not a Tuesday. Is there um, a lot of entrance or something? It's the twenty fourth um, at nine p.m. Um, in case you guys want to go, Seattle Horror Forty Eight Hour. Where? Uh, yeah, there's. Uh, it's in Sif. Uh, oh, okay, the nice. Sif. Um, not the Egyptian, not the other one. It's like the one in close to downtown, but right across the street from the Dicks. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's on the twenty uh, fourth at nine. And to answer your question, there were forty uh, entrants. Wow, that is yeah, quite a bit. So, yeah. It's like I mean the the summer one has had sixty three, uh, last year, so that's a lot. It's yeah, so it's like all the people are also doing a horror one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's a pretty big uh, big thing. Like a lot of people turn out for it. Yeah, that's um, a lot of movie watching for the people who judge that. So that makes sense. I, I, I know. Um, 
And, you know, it's it's already kind of a slog to sit there and watch, you know, 10 short films in, in you know, all in this of, of varying qualities in, in the same time. Even if they're all really good, it's hard to sit through like 10 short it is. films. It is, yeah. Uh, like versus a whole movie where it's like you're in it for the whole story. But there's something about the like, you know, 10 different stories. Like, I feel like they're not intended to be watched in order <laughs> you know what, you know what i mean yeah for sure they're really not because like well one you don't know what to expect and two it's like if you get caught with one that you really don't like i mean you got to ride it out right so like yeah you have to especially yeah. when you're involved in the contest and you have your film you know most of the time you don't know when it's gonna pop up so you're sitting there just waiting and waiting and waiting Right. And then you're just like stuck watching things you might not necessarily want to watch cuz I mean most people just want to see their own shit, right? Like that Yeah, they want their sense. I mean that's why I go. It's like I want to see what people's reactions are. I want to yeah. see like hey, d- like d- were people like do they think this is funny cuz like ours is funny obviously cuz it's with the Robert and stuff. Yeah. You know, they're go- go- super goofy. Horror uh, comedy. Horror comedy. But it it is also maybe more horrific than other stuff we've done you know what i mean okay. it leans a little bit Fair enough. um i'll have to send you the link or maybe i did i think you did i, I just hadn't had time to watch it yet today right um but yeah I, I, it's definitely not like tr- like that true horror like looking at really horrific stuff it's definitely like a comedy first um but it just has like some more dramatic elements to it Uh, it's it's based on a misunderstanding so it 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 inherently has like just some overreaction i guess Mm, yeah say like some some really dramatic overreactions from the from the actors so see that's the other thing too is like for me personally i'm not really big into horror comedy like i'll watch it but like when you're watching in a festival setting you know if you're not into the other types of horror then you're stuck watching you know if you're not a body horror person and someone decided right. they're gonna do body horror then you're stuck watching body horror or horror yeah. comedy or like yeah you know, some crappy story about a ghost that's not actually a ghost or something you know just like yeah you don't necessarily know what you're gonna get and then you're there yeah. for three hours or whatever it takes just to get through all the yeah the movies it's- it can be tough but honestly like when i'm watching i'm just in anticipation of seeing my own film up there Mm -hmm. like i can't even you know i'm just like so excited to be there but i imagine like the parents who show up you know at these things are just like ugh. yeah they're like they want to support you and you it's nice that they came out and you're also kind of like i'm so sorry that i made you yeah they're like sorry (laughs) and sorry you have to watch mine too (laughs) thanks mom uh I, i think the biggest thing in in those settings uh is is the sound oh god that is a huge one too yeah it's like i don't mind like sitting through a body horror thing or really i mean i there's i don't think there's really a a horror genre where i'm like that i don't like right you know what i mean i it's rare that i don't like a movie um but maybe if it's like super super slow you know, and not in a good way. Yeah. Uh, then I'll be like, all right. But uh, but the sound, if the sound yeah. is really bad, then it's like, I want to get out of here. The thing too, with the 48, too, <laughs> is like, I mean, there's going to be bad sound. You just don't have the time. Yeah. You know, depending on where you're at, there could be more uh, experienced individuals who can make good sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just don't have the time to, like, iron stuff out. Um, right and so you're gonna have bad sound for sure and that's like yeah you're right that's probably the number one thing actually is like it's hard yeah. to sit through bad sounding stuff especially because you get a lot of filmmakers who just don't like they maybe they don't know how to do it right mm-hmm. or because like when you're becoming a filmmate like when you're first starting out you do the 48s because it's easy to do yeah you know it's easy to it forces you to do it, which is exactly, why, yeah. which, which is why I, I did mine. But, uh, <clears throat> but uh, you don't necessarily think about like turning off the fridge or waiting for airplanes to go by, exactly. and like all that stuff is <clears throat> totally just going to show up unless you have 
a someone who has a good boom mic and a and knows how to use it yep, <laughs> you know exactly. and, and luckily luckily we have that with uh with connor uh, and then you still don't even get the sound correction on the after like afterwards though i mean you might depending on how you do your like workflow but it's pretty hard to do the sound correction as well as the editing right but and that's why like having someone like connor o'keefe you know uh up in bellingham who is able to do all that while i'm editing yeah uh it was really really nice he even like sunk up all the dialogue so i don't have to bother with syncing up any of that like he just did all that on on his end and pulled sound effects and um got did his adr and whatever we even adr'd one thing we (laughs) we liked we liked a line from gavin who has the ginormous beard, right? Yeah. Uh, we liked a line read of his from another take, so we like took it and p- put it oh, <laughs> right nice. in front of him. But you can't—I don't—you can't really tell because he has such a large beard. It's like hard to see his lips move. Hmm. So you totally buy the buy it, even though it's just—it's just covered. Nice. You know? <laughs> so worked out. If you have yeah. a large large beard, like that's like definitely a plus. If if for ADR, you know, it's like easier to. <laughs> absolutely well i never even thought about that either like yeah the beard could help hide stuff yeah i bet if when you watch it i bet you could find the scene now that i've said that you know because it's pretty early on when it happens but uh but i'm curious if you would have noticed otherwise because i i think it's pretty hard to tell probably i mean if, you know, just having worked on video and film and stuff, like you'd exactly, you start to exactly. be able to pick that stuff out. Just not because you're looking for it, but because you just you just notice it. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Sweet man, well, um, I'm glad it worked but out. Yeah, man. It, yeah, it did work out, and it was definitely the, just the most sleep I've ever gotten on a 48. <laughs> so <laughs> it was nice. Tiffany called me during it, and she's like, "You don't sound stressed out." <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not. I'm just, I'm waiting for things. I'm just chilling. Like, I'm, I'm done with everything. <laughs> I haven't watched the Seahawks game during, uh, during it. So. It doesn't even sound like you guys did anything. It sounds like you just screwed <laughs> around the whole time. <laughs> Dude, it's funny. Like, I, I brought um, the new Mario Party over, and everyone was just playing Mario Party while I was editing. You know? It was just like a... <laughs> It was like a weird, like techie bro, like Amazon Silicon Valley hangout type. Uh, That's hilarious. Like Silicon Valley workspace, you know what I mean? Hey man, um, whatever gets you done, I guess. Whatever, whatever gets it done. Yeah. Sick. Well, speaking of getting stuff done, I, I want to talk about this article real quick. Um, Let's do it. So Netflix is going to open a U.S. production hub in Albuquerque. So ah. they're building film studios. Why in Why in Albuquerque? Why not in Phoenix? Uh, I'm guessing Albuquerque had just negotiated better and wow. offered them more. Um, That's crazy. I feel like Phoenix is like a good place I, for. I bet you Phoenix is more expensive. Making. It must be. Plus, I imagine. Albuquerque now has a lot of, a lot more uh, public attention because of Breaking Bad too. Because I'm pretty sure oh, it took place in Albuquerque, right? Did they film it there? I don't know if they. F- I think there was aspects of it filmed there, but I'm pretty sure it took place in Albuquerque as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, interesting. But uh, I guess it's <clears throat> um, estimated to bring upwards of one billion in production money to New Mexico over the next ten years. Wow, and a thousand produ- production jobs. So it's basically going to be just like the Burbank Studios, but in New Mexico, just huge yeah, sound stages. Um, wow. Oh, so here's what it is too. So they bought ABQ Studios, which is located there. Oh, so that's that's another thing, I guess. So they bought existing infrastructure studios that yeah, were there. Yeah, which makes more financial sense for them instead of having to build it themselves. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. Um, when I was in Phoenix, there was this studio that was opening up, and the guy who was running it um, was telling me how like they're pe- people who buy studios and stuff like that. They're looking for a um, tax cut of some kind. Yep, 
always and regardless regardless of the price of the studio like if they can show that there's a good tax cut on it yep then uh they'll go there i mean that's why atlanta exploded was because the tax cut yep. and the for for film louisiana and, uh, too Oh, Louisiana also. Yeah, a lot of... Well, that's where True Detective happened, too, because they were... They started to try to bring in more production money. Oh, there you go. yeah. Yeah. So, I I bet you... um, Well, and the guy... I remember the guy who was saying, like, I've talked to Arizona, like, there's there's a ton of jobs, like, we could potentially get Netflix here, we could could do all... He didn't say that, but I imagine he probably knew, you know what I mean? We could, you know, trying to, 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 to get people here but they the offices told them uh no that they're not gonna do tax cuts for for filmmakers it's unfortunate that it has to be that like like tax tax cuts are the make it or break it like don't tax us because like come in you know like if if the price is lower still then what's the point of the tax cut (laughs) you know what i mean yeah like it doesn't make a difference but i feel like they're looking for that tax cut for later you Pretty know, like much. when they do taxes, they they're like, "Well, how come our, how come we owed more this year in taxes?" Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's usually a long term plan in regards to the the tax money specifically, right? Um, and I guess New Mexico is is putting up some money to to fund it for them too. So ten million. Well, there you go. New Mexico itself is providing up to ten million, and Albuquerque itself is committing four and a half million. So wow, not only are they so they're getting paid to come there, tax cuts, and you know probably got a slamming deal on the property itself too. So right, yeah. I wonder what kind of stuff they're gonna make there because I I feel like I'm just guessing here, but I feel like all the good Netflix stuff is not gonna be made there. I don't know. Well, you yeah, know what I mean? this is stuff I haven't really heard of. So. Um, they're going to be producing their film and TV. Uh, let's see, the Apocalypse Dramedy Daybreak is going to be there. Um, Netflix ha- has already produced these shows in New Mexico. Um, Godless and the ridiculous, uh, Godless, the Ridiculous Six, and Longmire were all okay. already produced there. Ridiculous Six, that's the Adam Sandler mm-hmm. one. Godless is the... That's that... That's an actual show. That's a Netflix show, right? Or is that a movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's well, actually, show. I'm not yeah. sure. But they're all Netflix content. Um, right. I'm not sure whether they're movies. I know Ridiculous Six is a movie, but the other two, I'm that not one sure. Is a movie. Yeah. So they have been in, in New Mexico already. Um, I don't know. I mean, it really... Sounds like they're trying to in- expand their influence in L.A. and they also have a Euro- European production hub in Madrid, s- targeting Spanish huh. productions. So I that's one thing that's so interesting about Netflix is is they're they're <clears throat> making a, a whole bunch of new content, but they're also looking to go global with it. Oh you know, yeah, they're they're trying to like um, get all sorts of other because like there's there's not a lot of shows that like star um you know like south like zimbabwean people you know what i mean like what show is like like that you know what i mean right so they're like trying to like target all these markets that haven't been targeted ever oh yeah um because so many people have netflix like so many people across the world have netflix and it's really easy to get netflix just like it could be on your phone it could be on mm-hmm. your computer all it requires is internet um so where the the reach of netflix is so insane and the these targeted areas are really interesting um and i i feel like it, it's just going to bring more different varieties of people to all their production hubs like Albuquerque. oh yeah you know like that'll be like uh, you know, depending on what they shoot there, obviously, but they they could potentially bring people from a ton of other countries there to, oh, to yeah. work on uh, this stuff. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, which would be insane. I wonder how much... Um... <sighs> I don't know how to say this in like a... I wonder if there's if the, any sort of like 
illegal labor plays into this as well. You mean like uh, sort, sort un- of like undocumented labor? I guess maybe it's a better way to put it. You know, when a when a company gets big enough, you know they they start doing or like or even small companies they'll do contract work, and there's a certain point where the you're not like liable for what those contractors are doing or how they do their work, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like. Um, like so many big corporations get in trouble for this all the time. Like like Nike, you know, with their oh yeah, you know, sweatshops, you know, the constant sweatshop allegations throughout history of Nike, Nike shoes. Um, so I imagine that there is somewhere. I mean, basically, and, what I'm saying with proximity to know, Mexico, like. And being in New Mexico, I wonder how much. Yeah, like that has to be that has to factor into it, right? Because like, if you're going to be spending so much money on productions, you're going to cut costs in areas, right? So, a lot of places where people cut costs is labor because labor is your most expensive cost. Well, you have a lot of influx of undocumented labor, I guess. Oh, you. Oh, you mean like. Uh uh like like mexicans who come over who cross the border or uh, other um you're talking about those people yeah pretty yeah, talking about? exactly like, like people who like build sets like it'll just be a bunch of undocumented yeah um immigrants building the sets yeah i mean essentially for as an example like i wonder if that actually played into their like their uh considerations i guess well how do we know that doesn't already happen in california good point i mean that's that's a good point um yeah and it's possible i think i think just think the the geographical uh like where california sits geographically has baja california kind of below it whereas new mexico right. actually has like the mainland of mexico the bustling yeah that's a good point where like you know and obviously a huge amount of traffic comes through texas mexico and arizona new mexico and arizona right so like right right I don't know. Maybe that was a consideration with the ABQ Studios already and Netflix staff, admin, management, whatever executives knew that. Um, maybe. Or maybe it's like... Maybe it's documented immigrants who don't who, who are fine working for less because or that. that dollar is worth a ton more. You know what I mean? To, to them, to send home to their families. Yeah. I mean, you it's got to like be they're... a little bit of both, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe. I'm... I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I mean, you go to Home Depot, even in Seattle, and there's a bunch of, um, uh, I, I assume people who will just go work for you. Like, um, mm-hmm. you could just go up and, it, like, I, I did it with my, um, in, in, in high school, I helped my neighbor build a house. And, uh, he went to Home Depot, grabbed, like, three dudes and they helped him build his house and he just paid him under the table um yeah and uh that just is what it just it is, is. <laughs> it's his own house you know so i think that might be a little different i don't really know i don't really know what the laws are regarding any of that but um but i mean that's just how stuff gets done sometimes is like you know yeah i saw that in yeah. california a lot for sure uh, i feel like it's even more prevalent in california yeah I mean, you know, berry picking. Yeah. You know? I mean, apple so. farms would not exist without what is what boils down to essentially undocumented Mexican labor. Like, I mean, that's yeah the straight and true of it. You know? They just wouldn't. Most farms wouldn't exist without that. It's it's unfortunate, but, I, but that's why I, that's what I'm saying. You know, like, large-scale productions usually, like, at some point or another... Y- utilize that labor so in this case if you're gonna have you know millions if not a billions of dollars funneled into these production facilities then in new mexico i don't know right i would imagine that factors into it yeah i I bet it does and honestly i would be more ticked off about it (laughs) if if i didn't already think that uh big uh corporations and studios like netflix and whatever were 
uh, not finding tax loopholes to evade taxes. Right? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So like, I, I already am like, ugh. Like, they're already doing that. So it's hard, it's hard for me to get... Um, I cannot be irritated at the people who come to this country and work, you know, uh, minimum wage tax-free when there's corporations who are essentially tax-free. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not. You know what Yeah, I mean? totally. So it's like, well, I don't know. You know what I mean? And they're, and they're taking advantage. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't know enough about Netflix to, to, and their company structure to say one or the other. But I, there's definitely people looking out for the bottom line in every single company. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and it doesn't matter how that number gets there sometimes. Um, because if that number isn't low enough, you probably could lose your job. Yeah. Uh, so the lower the number is, the the better you look. Um, so some people take the chance with shady contractors who have never, you know, who recently opened up as a as an LLC, and they'll uh, go for that. So yep. Some some I imagine sometimes if it's a really good deal. Um, oh yeah. <clears throat> But also, if you just open an LLC to to work as a contractor, like you're, you have to give a good deal out because you have no, nothing to prove for yourself, you know. Yeah. So regardless of of who you are, um, but uh, but yeah, I imagine I I don't know if that is a factor. I just don't know. I'd imagine I, it is definitely. It could be. I imagine there's there's sure. some column somewhere on some spreadsheet that just says other savings. And that number is yeah. just kind of shoved in there a little bit. We'll save this yeah, much other, money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a, a document that says, do not show anyone. <laughs> but but th- this is the savings we will have for all the undocumented immigrants who will be building our sets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Soup, top secret. Don't let this get out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It says that. It says it has the uh, confidential stamp on the uh, on the page, you know, the, the red with the square red square around it um oh yeah <laughs> you know comes in a manila <laughs> envelope <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. yeah yeah blink twice if you're in trouble <laughs> <laughs> uh it's okay so i have three different things to talk about here and i feel like we only will get to one of them so i don't know which one well i i have something i have something else. all right do it um so i watched Patriots Day. Have you seen Patriots Day? No. The Mark Mark Wahlberg Boston Marathon bombing movie. No. No, of course you haven't. Um, <laughs> so, this movie started out as like this, uh, like oh, it's too soon type movie. So you know you see it all the time with like uh, the World Trade Center bombings, and then they had the two World Trade Center movies come after that. Uh, then you had the Pearl Harbor movie, which had the exact opposite problem of like, how come this didn't come out sooner? And then it was like, we don't want this Pearl Harbor movie because it's a love story. Mm-hmm. Um, but Patriot's Day is weird because it, it's 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 this movie that integrates real footage into its uh, into the movie itself in in an Argo kind of way. Have you seen Argo? Yeah, I have seen Argo yeah. actually. So like that uses like actual footage of you know, the event of, of that thing that happened the uh, at the U.S. Embassy in... Uh, I forgot where that was. Uh, it's, uh, the, in, it's the U.S. Embassy in... Um, yeah, it's when they the, had, like, the rioting the Jewish, and the protests. The Jewish... Uh, I think it was in the area. Middle East or something, yeah. Something. Cause like, was it... It wasn't Jerusalem. I honestly can't God. remember specifically. Someone... <laughs> it's somewhere over there. screaming at us. Yeah, exactly. But anyways... Um, so Patriot's Day uses like a ton of uh, real footage and is, is mixing it in. And they're also faking real footage, too, which I thought was was really interesting. So mm. like they're using actual footage and then they're also recreating the look of real footage. Um, and I just I thought it was interesting how it was just kind of mixed in that way. And the director uh really wanted to use the actual footage foot uh the actual locations where it all took place and wanted it to be entirely true to the actual events right um so 
don't know. There's just something really interesting about that. And so this this movie, if you take Mark Wahlberg out of it, um, it it becomes this like very honest and true portrayal of the Boston Marathon bombing. Um, That's which, interesting. Which is, yeah, um, and uh, it's it's weird because the the entire movie is like is true so it's like almost a it's like a biopic but it stays true to the story you know what i mean but so so it's not like it's not obsessed with the with telling the story it's 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 more about like how did this event event like shape the town or shape uh boston and how did how does it reveal something interesting about boston um that's kind of cool. And I think, yeah, and I think that aspect was like really surprising because in the trailer it makes it look like it's like Mark Wahlberg is saving the day, and Mark Wahlberg is a composite character in the movie, but honestly, I think the movie is is better if you take Mark Wahlberg out and don't have the celeb the celebrity selling the movie. Right. I I think it's a way better, more interesting movie about. Uh, like where like the the character is Boston, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, that's the downside of like needing actors and shit to sell your movie, right? Like he exists as a marketing tool, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because um, like exactly. that movie wouldn't wouldn't have gone to as nearly as many theaters, if any theaters, had it not had him in there. The way you're describing, probably it. not. It it would have been more of an art house, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. But it, it it seems like it's coming from the place of art house, and then it's like, okay, how do we actually like get this in theaters to to sell it? But it, it feels like its soul is in like this really unique idea that is is not a, a Hollywood movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, which is super unfortunate because like I mean, you you said at the beginning like when I said I hadn't seen it, you said of course not. Well. Yeah, of course not, because the way it was marketed is not a movie that I would want to watch. Exactly. And it sounds yeah. like it's not that. It sounds like it's different than yeah, what they did. I, and here's the weirdest the weirdest thing of, of this this whole thing is that the director um, and Mark Wahlberg, they're like they work together on everything. So like all of Mark Wahlberg's movies, um, you know, the most recent movies uh, are directed by uh this guy um and i i cannot uh remember his name i will google Google his name um i want to say paul feig i think is his name peter Um, berg peter berg that's what it is um so he he does all of mark Wahlberg's like new movies that like deep water horizon and um i think he did um Says he did um, the, the shooter one. Yeah, what has he done? Um, okay, so a oh, lone survivor. Is that what you're lone thinking? survivor. He did yeah. battleship. Yeah, he did battleship. Uh, he also yeah, did Hancock, the Kingdom, Friday Night Lights, the Rundown, and very mm-hmm. bad things. Yeah. So, um, but recently he's just been been Mark Wahlberg and him have just like tag teaming. Um, but I, I I just I think it's really interesting that. Uh, he is doing this movie with this celebrity that he works with. And obviously they like each other and, and, and work well together. Otherwise they wouldn't be working so much so often together. Um, but it's, it feels like Mark Wahlberg is the most forced aspect of the movie. You know, it feels uh, like that's the, 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 it's like the piece that doesn't need to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like, but like you said, he has to be there, right? Just to like even just sell the fucking movie, right? Right. Um, See, and, and I'm like a weird. I'm that weird. I don't know if, how my opinion fits in either, because I actually probably would have been more interested in seeing think, it had he not been the marketing aspect of it. Right. I I know. <laughs> That's the weird thing about all this is because I I feel like it's like this weird bridge between like general audiences and the sh- the shit that w- weirdos like film students are into mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's like this weird like middle ground but like argo 
also is like that. But you know what I mean? Like Argo still has that kind of some some stuff you can chew on. Um, it does, but I think Argo was also marketed more straightforward too. It's marketed straightforward, but it has Ben Affleck in it. You know what I mean? So if you just don't, if you just say Mark Wahlberg is in this, you know, but it also has like Clay Duvall in it too, you know, the, the Argo movie or whatever. So like they do have a lot of celebrities. In I it, mean, this, this movie, Patriot's this movie State, had JK Simmons, yeah, John Goodman, it, it, it had John Goodman, Kevin like Bacon, it had a, Michelle Monaghan, yeah. like, yeah, it had a ton of people in it. And it's like, why is Mark Wahlberg the only person like on this photo? You know, but Mark Wahlberg is definitely good in the movie as a cop. Um, but he's a composited cop who is supposed to represent every single cop in Boston. Right. Which makes sense that that's like what they're going for. But they also have all the other cops, too, in the movie. So it's like, why do we even need Mark Wahlberg in here? You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. There's just you almost would have been better just almost it. using like a non, not a non-actor, but a non an unknown fairly unknown actor you know like or yeah or a bunch of people yeah. like an ensemble of uh exactly. of cops because they already have that in the movie so why not just you know see i didn't know any but of these mark, mark Wahlberg is a good actor as a cop though well, like he's, right. a, he's a great cop he's done it a lot for sure yeah he's exactly. almost typecasted yeah, as a cop now exactly um, <laughs> the boston cop yeah exactly, exactly. fucking uh yeah. what's it called fucking the, the departed when he's a he's a cop yeah. in there too yeah yeah, when I when we were watching, I was like, "Yeah, of course he's the." Cop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, doy. <laughs> See, like I didn't even know any of these other people were in it either. Like fucking J.K. Simmons or John Goodman. Like, uh, yeah, this film and they could have they play characters. They're they are the the people. Oh, and it's it's fascinating. Like they they are like trying to recreate these people that were there to recreate the event. I feel like um, they could have sold this movie better had they just said J.K. Simmons was in it. <laughs> right like more That's people would have gone won, to see it he won the he won the oscar like uh didn't he win he didn't he win the oscar like the year prior to that or something for whiplash oh yeah probably or was that the maybe that was after it could have been after um, but john goodman's in it everyone likes john goodman right exactly i mean and he's he's no he's not a small name you know what i mean everyone likes that guy. yeah he's not a small name by any means um no he did. He uh, well. It was it was 2014. So he won best supporting oh, okay. actor. So for it was Rick after. Rush, yeah. So was that after? Patriots Day was come... 2016. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> why not just? Uh, why not just plaster this thing as an Academy movie? You exactly. know what I mean? Academy Award winning, uh, whatever. Because it definitely it feels more like that than it does like a Mark Wahlberg action. Um movie but why not market to both you know or, yeah I think exactly. that would be that would be weird hey here's this action movie with mark Wahlberg, and also it's a oscar worthy you know just like a weird blend of the two like that could be interesting i don't know but something didn't work with it i mean that's the you know downside I mean? of like having like the marketing separated out from the movie itself like a lot of the people who produce the movie have no say in the marketing Right, and when you when you're marketing something and you hear, okay, Mark Wahlberg is a cop in Boston and it has John Goodman who plays a guy, but it's mostly revolved around Mark Wahlberg. It's obviously gonna let's make this a Mark Wahlberg movie. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, but uh, the the disconnect between the filmmaker who's like, no, this is actually like about the town and about the about Boston and who Boston is and what Boston represents and Boston strong. You know, that's their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a disconnect. It's totally a disconnect. Absolutely, yeah. And it, and that stinks. And honestly, I think there's no way to know until the movie actually comes out. But all those marketing materials are created long before the movie's finished. You know. Yeah. I really don't get. Just market the movie how the movie is. Like, why do you need to change the movie? <laughs> like, and I'm talking about well, in general. Don't, like, just... I think people don't know what the movie is because, like, before the. When when you're cutting the trailer, like the movie's not finished, like you're still like you film it and everything, but it's hard to say exactly where the movie's gonna land, you know, because you you reshoot it so many, you know, you could reshoot, you could shoot it, you know. I mean, for sure, hours of footage and right change, and you're you're you starting I mean? to get the marketing rolling while you're still making the movie, but it's like yeah, 
just market what the movie is and you will get a bunch of people to go see it. And I'm, t- I'm talking generally. Like, this happens with movies all the time where they're totally mismarketed and you actually go see it and you're like, wow, that was not what I was expecting at all because the right. marketing, like, just give me what the movie is so I can right. just go see the movie. And I, they would get, like... They feel like they have to, like, trick people into go seeing it. I feel like Venom is kind of one of these ones, too, where it's having this weird, like, it was really poorly marketed, but it's breaking records at the same time. Like, Yeah, I thought those those <laughs> records were just jokes. When I, when I saw it, it was like, I thought it was, like, an Onion article or something. Or something, but no, but apparently it's actually, like, breaking some, like, records and stuff, and it's, like, actually doing fairly well, even though it's not getting is rave, it, the bravest <clears throat> reviews. Is it like one of those uh, Amazon records where it's like, you know how you could become become a best selling author on Amazon by oh. by doing like a micro micro genre thing? So you could you could be like a best selling author of um, rust rusty paintings of 2015, you know, because there's no other book like that. Right. And if you sell one, if you just buy 10 copies, you're a bestseller. Well, it says it made 80 million this weekend, so... Wow. It says a lot about that character. Yeah, I think a lot that of people Venom. just wanted to see it on screen, even though it's probably not the best best thing. But... I, I, I heard that it's better than what everyone thought. Yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah, I don't know if I'll actually end up seeing it, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, the the... The mismarketing. Just give me... Right. Like, Deadpool was, like, marketed as what Deadpool was going to be. So when you went to see Deadpool, you're like, okay, well, that was Deadpool. Cool. That's what what I expected. You know, I don't yeah. need fucking... Like, if Deadpool was marketed as some fucking, like, romantic comedy, and then you went to go see it, you'd be like, right. what the fuck am I watching? But, <laughs> but that's the funny thing about Deadpool. Well... Is because it is marketed as romantic you could, comedy. That's right. That's true. Okay. So Deadpool's not a great example <laughs> for that. But, you know, it's like horror movies when they're like, oh, this is the scariest movie that has come out since The Exorcist. And then you go watch it, you're like, there was not even anything in that movie. This you're wasn't, like, yeah, this yeah. wasn't even close. Just yeah. give me what the, the movie is. Just give, yeah. But here's the exception, is is Mother. How do you, how do you market Mother? Because in order for marketing to work, it has to fit into some kind of mold, right, for a movie. Like, I don't, I don't, outside of outlandish marketing um schemes i how do you how do you get mother you know i mean you just kind of do some some they talk about how it's mismarketed it's a mismarketed movie but this is like a big studio release that they're trying to make money off of but it's also an art film that they want to basically say hey we can make art films too yeah uh it was basically a response to netflix making art films that's that's all mother was that's true yeah i'm not sure yeah i'm not sure how to do that one i mean just do some cool lines kind of cut the lines so it sounds like poetry show some cool shots kind of talk a little bit maybe about what's going on and then that's it and then leave it right because that movie is one of those ones you just want to watch cold anyway like you don't want to know it is true you don't want to know a lot but will people go see that you know like are enough are enough people like if you go show this movie at a uh, tra- the trailer at a movie theater. What what's going to get people to go see it more? Jennifer Lawrence, you know, who will show her obviously too. Right? Love, 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 or um, you know, or like in a horror movie, like how she kind of started out, you know, with Winter's Bone was kind of kind of a horrific, uh, horrific movie. But um, or or do you go like, hey, this is like a an art film in the vein of of uh, Noah or you know what I mean? Right. Like, what what are more people gonna be for sure? Give me uh, one second. going for? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The yeah, I don't know either. For that question, I I don't know. But it's, at the same time, tough. I guess for me, it's like just show what the movie is and let people decide because if people get used to just seeing what a movie is, like, I think Mother. Marketing it as a Darren Aronofsky, Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem weird combination with some weird shit happening, I think would draw a lot of people in, regardless. Mm-hmm. Especially hit like you said, just him coming off of the movies that he came off of, and her being who she is. I think you know, obviously, just having her at the forefront right. 
you're pretty much come see Jennifer Lawrence in this weird ass art film. You're gonna be have a bunch of people who have no idea what to expect go in and see it and maybe be pleased right. with it. I mean, in that case, right. mother maybe not just because of what happens. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, but that's the Sigma reason why you watch it cold, though. Like, yeah, that's the yeah, F. Um, exactly. But I don't know. But but here's the other element to consider is that people like us, like we're following, like we know when movies are coming out. You know, yeah. like we tend to know like when this movie's coming out or when this movie's coming out. Like I, I like to follow Aronofsky because I'm just a fan of his movies. Mm-hmm. I've seen all of them. So it's like I, you know, I like watching his sh- weird pretentious movies that he makes. <laughs> um, but I think if you put, I don't think you could put Darren Aronofsky on screen, but maybe you could put Darren Aronofsky f- from the filmmaker behind um Noah and you know whatever his most recent endeavor is and and something else you know it's just something that feels like the movie Mother you know what I mean yeah I don't know I that's tough that's tough yeah I still would rather that's err tough. on the side of just kind of give me a sense of what the movie is and then go with that it's what it feels like yeah what it feels like that's I that's think that's what's what most important ideally yeah yeah if you can portray it, the feeling through the trailer like with horror you're gonna portray it being scary right just do that right but right in a trailer and keep it short I, I'm a hundred percent with that and you know some of a lot of people they hate these trailers but I actually kind of like them they're these scenic trailers that uh that Disney does for their just big animated releases they'll just put like a scene from the movie just up on the screen. I dig screen. that a lot actually. And it's it's actually like really cool cuz it makes you it's like oh, okay, you get a sense of like the jokes, like the tone, like how it's going to feel. And it it it's usually a scene that's actually in the movie, like in the final edit. Yeah. Um so it becomes this like, oh, I've seen this. I like you that know? a lot and, actually. I like that idea a lot. Just just give me the isolated scene. Yeah. Like there's definitely a and couple it, in mother you could pull out of it and be like that's what happened all right i gotta go see this yeah yeah like that would be such a cool thing for mother uh to to have done especially because it's this experimental film you know like it's like no it's unconventional it's hard to market like i think like giving people that like oh here's this weird movie that jennifer lawrence is in like that looks freaking weird Mm -hmm. you know and and um i don't know see the thing is is like i don't know if more people are going to turn out to it but I do know that it probably wouldn't have gotten a cinema score F if it was marketed yeah. in a different way. Because I think that's where the F comes from. Because people show up on the on the first day and are like, This isn't this is garbage. This isn't what I my Jennifer Lawrence does. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Like she's a she d- deserves more, you know, than this or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> and then she goes on to make like Red Sparrow. <laughs> yeah, she goes makes Red Sparrow, spreads her legs or whatever in the yeah. in there, and then everyone's like, "Yeah, Cinema Score A." Yeah, yeah. she she's that's, in, that's my Jennifer. She's Lawrence. kind of in her I don't give a fuck phase. Of she's yeah, she's in her Miley Cyrus. Uh, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, kind of like which I kind of I kind of like that though. I like that she's kind of going for something different. Yeah, you know? it's kind of like yeah. Daniel. Uh, Radcliffe and fucking um, Swiss Army Man. And, yeah, and then it's and him and Nazi Elijah one. Wood too. The the people who came out of the huge franchises that like set them up for life. Like now they're just like, yeah. I don't give a fuck what I do. I do what I want. Sin Sin City for Elijah Wood. Yeah, like, exactly. You know they're just doing all the cool stuff exactly. now because they made I like a gajillion that. dollars already. So and they make all the yeah, gajillion like, dollars of royalties off of that stuff. So right. That's why I'm so. That's why like. I have so much respect for like Jeremy Renner, who's like doing all this, all these weird movies. You know, he just did that, um, that that uh, Minis- what, what was the one in Minnesota or whatever? Wind River. Where? Wind River, yeah, he did that with uh, the Olsen, right? Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, and they're both like huge Marvel stars, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, Chris Evans, Captain America, you know, he's like counting down the days. He wants to be a director. You know, I heard him on a podcast. He's like, "Yeah, I want to direct films when I'm done with my Marvel stuff," and it's like, "That's cool." And then he's you know, like, "See, that's the thing. Go do that, like, man. Like, I want to see your. I want to see things you can make." And, I, and you know? he put in 100 you know, to see it. These guys put in their time, you know, and, and did a lot of work uh, yeah. to get where they did, and now they're in this crazy position where it's like, "Well, I have like 300 million dollars, so I don't need to do anything for the rest of my life. I just do what I want." Right. 
And like you have these like seasoned, like they've worked with a ton of directors, yep. a ton of writers. They probably have writing writers that they are like, hey, can you punch up my lines? Oh, yeah. Like just make it sound like Captain America. Totally. And um, or Chris, more Chris Evansy. Can you make this more Chris Evansy for me? You know, because like people, actors have like big actors have their writers that oh yeah follow them with every job. Um, so I'm curious, like, it's to see something that Chris Evans makes because he's because he's he's everywhere. He's in the big, he's in the little indie projects. He's just all over the place. He seems so. like a solid dude too. So I'd be curious to see kind of what uh what comes yeah. from him for sure. He's a he's a good old Texas boy, <laughs> true American boy, true. American uh, just boy. real quick, kind of to round this off, um, and because you brought Ooh. up the whole teams of people, the, the Rock recently posted on Instagram um, that I guess he has a team of people who come with him to every shoot around the world, and their only job is to set up a personal gym for him. So they will, wherever he goes, they set up, and the the total, they set up a 40,000 pound gym. So in total, that's how much weight is there. Um, And that's just their job. And uh, that's, that's, so he can do his thing. Cause that's kind of like what he's known for, right? Is like being having the muscles. This dude. Yeah. So um, obviously he can't just go anywhere to do that. um, Otherwise you'd get nothing done. So uh, yeah, there's just a, uh, that's his team, and he pays them just to do that. Do you think he like every morning he has a he he hits every muscle in order for it to to be like nice and like like because because you you um your muscles like change their look if you work out right you know what I mean like right after or like in the morning so like the rest of the day you're yeah like, you, you can know, get pretty, a little more pretty pumped. solid. I think if I remember correctly, I've seen on his Instagram that he he does Target. But maybe it's in line with how his films are scheduled out. If yeah, he's in a really action-y scene, maybe he does, okay, this is chest day today. So then he worked, you know, pumps yeah. up his chest and then, or I'm taking off my shirt, so I'm pumping up the chest type of thing. Right. Do you think he skips, like, leg day unless it's leg day on set <laughs> to take his pants off? Well, that's what, you know I, mean. what I mean. Maybe it's just, like, a lot of talking or something they're shooting that day, so right. he does his legs or something. But Right. Do you think he just does one shoulder? Like if it said over the shoulder <laughs> shot, he just does he that, just one, does that one, that one, <laughs> one shoulder. I only do. My oh, right we're switching one eighties. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do this side. We have to do the one eighty <laughs> on this side. <laughs> Maybe. I bet. Uh, I bet he has a guy who just oils him up before <laughs> before each take. The oil guy sprays him just down. A, yeah, professional <laughs> oil latherer. Dude, his team of people uh, has guy. to be like. There's got to be a hundred personal people who follow him around, just doing various little shit like that could, could you matt if you made that much money and you your job required a hundred people to help you build a gym no matter where you went that'd be so could insane, you imagine dude. like that'd no wonder so he's the uh really high paid actor yeah it's like look at all this money he's spending in order to do the oh acting. yeah and you know that you know it's, it's all the studio paying for that too like of course, like of the course studio is. is paying essentially those people to follow him around because the, he right. makes them so much money right now. Like, I, I, I bet you that he he just charges a flat rate and he just includes oh, that. He, yeah. Oh hi, kitty. Meow meow meow. Yeah, she's and stuck um, with me. and he just you know gets that tax uh, deductible on that on that bad boy. <laughs> probably he's probably his his accountant is probably real slick when it comes to the, his, the yeah. money. I bet as a his accountant is also a bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Samoan. He has a team of Samoans on it. All right. On his uh, I got to wrap roster. this up. My cat's going crazy. A girlfriend came home. We are about an hour in anyway, so it's a good time to Let's do it. to do it. So uh yeah, if you want to follow us on Letterbox at Jacob Fultz Byron Gouette, G-O-U-E-T-T-E. Even though he's not here, I'll give him a plug. And Hyperion creator for me. Um, next week, we're covering part two of Harmony Corinne um, with Trash, Trash Humpers and Spring Breakers. I'm super stoked for this. Cannot wait to Ooh. rewatch Trash Humpers. Um, I might even do that tonight, actually. Um, I Honestly, I just can't wait to be done talking about Harmony Crent because as soon as we watch these movies, there's no reason to bring him up every Oh, he's going right? to come up a lot more. Now that we're all on the no. same page, we can all reference it. It's, it's going to be awesome. And maybe I'll be bringing it up more, and you guys will be annoyed with me talking about it. 
Maybe like I don't think, do I don't think 180. Byron will ever be annoyed with that. Um, yeah, I, don't, I think so. Too. Um, yeah. But I'm super stoked to hear your opinion on Trash Humpers in particular because it is so, so, so weird and so different. Um, yeah, I'm excited to, to share. I'm excited to share right. my thoughts. Yeah. All right, guys. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening and uh, check out next week's episode as well. Bye. <laughs> uh, the cat said the bye cat, first. I know. The cat's going to like appear. Special guest, Ripley the cat. All right. Thanks for listening. Meow.